Well, good morning and welcome to Belong. I'm so glad that you're with us and it's the middle of the year. We're sliding into the end of 2020 and there's so many memes that I've seen this last week that just really cracked me up, most of which I can't share at church. My mom will be very happy about that. Um, but there's just so much going on. If you can believe that we're sliding into Christmas and not too long, although it's so hot outside, you wouldn't believe that. Having weathered a hurricane this week, again, and all the destruction that has been caused by the high winds and everything, we continue to pray for all those who are affected by that. And, and interestingly enough, the, the message I've been working on for quite some time now, I've been developing, and it's just kind of been churning down inside of me. It has to do with change. And there's so many people affected by the hurricane that it's going to certainly be an appropriate message for them. And even as it went further inland, you're going to see more of people's lives are just turned upside down and changed. And in fact, it's one of the things we all have in common. And it's kind of dangerous for me oftentimes because I spend so much time outside of the four walls, if you will, talking to people that it's dangerous for me to share a message on something because I don't want them to think, oh, he said that because of what I said to him. And, and that's never the case, but it's certainly not the case today. So if you're listening to this and we've had conversations and this is a lot of the same things we're talking about, this message is not because of you. This is because of something that's been stirring up inside of me. So as we look at change, this is not the time of the year you would think that we would have a message on change. Generally, the cliche is the beginning of the year or maybe the week before. And we would look at those kinds of things and it just kind of gets tucked away into, yeah, 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 this is what you should always be talking about in January. But it's actually the one thing that we all have in common. We will all be faced with change. We'll all be faced with decisions to change. Now, in that forward positive thinking way, you may think about that I'm faced with the decision and I make the decision to change and I change, but I'm actually kind of talking for this part about the decision. Because so oftentimes we're faced with the decision of, do I step out of this to move into that? And that decision, we can be fearful we can never make that decision. So though change would be on our horizon, it would be on our threshold, it'd be right on our doorstep for us to take that, okay, I'm going to do it. We may never in our life do it. So before we even get to change, there's the decision. That unknowing well, what if I do this, or what if this doesn't happen, or what if, and we can live in what if world. We may even go through seasons of change, where it seems like everything around us, it's not just one thing has changed, it seems like everything is changing. And, and that's not normal to feel like that, and you feel that everything is like an unsure and unsteady beneath me, but can I tell you, change is normal. It's normal for growth, but it doesn't come normal. It doesn't come like, hey, this change is happening. Everything's going to be great. Well, some people may face it that way, but by and large, most people are 
uncertain and, and very scared and trembling. It's like, oh my gosh, I don't know. And it, and it does seem like maybe there's an earthquake going on and everything, believe me, is shaking and unsteady. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, it often comes with a struggle. Sometimes you're forced into the corner that the only thing you can do is change. And yet, we can still have this great, seem like onslaught of a storm that's going on around us to say, why in the world is this happening to me? We may even be in that place of going, oh my God, God, why? why? I thought I was living for you, and why is this happening to me? But it's actually the winds of change where God is leading you to a different and better place. Growing up is difficult. I remember when I was, I think, eight or nine years old, I went and woke my mom and dad up in the middle of the night, and I was crying uncontrollably, almost having a panic attack. And and they were so concerned, and, and I'm sure my mom is smiling right now, even just at the remembrance, or maybe she's like freaking out again remembering it, because I was freaking out over what, you ask? Over growing up. I'm like, I'm scared to grow up. I'm scared for responsibility. I'm scared that I'll have to pay bills. I'll have to scare, I'm scared of, I'll have to do all these things that I'd seen them doing and realize I was unprepared for them. And the thought of change freaked me out. It pushed me in this place of panic. And my mom in her wisdom says, listen, honey, just go back to bed because every day you're getting more prepared. And when that time comes, you'll be ready. You're not ready today, but when that time comes, you'll be ready. But isn't that the same for all of us? We can freak out over some things that we see are coming and we anticipate are coming and we, we kind of just get all, all stressed out over it. And it's like God says, hey, just trust the process. Just take the next step and the next step and put your trust in me. And in Isaiah 55, and I, I referenced this a couple of weeks ago, and I wanted to kind of bring this into um, putting it there for you to look at. And as a way of reminder, you'll see that the scriptures at the bottom of the screen telling you the reference that I'm reading from. So if you've got your Bible, you may want to go open it up and, and look at it. And if you're, you know, it's there for you to hear the words that I'm saying, but it's also there for you to go back and dig a little bit deeper if you want to read ahead of it and behind it to make sure that you get the full context. But in Isaiah 55, starting with verse 8, Jesus, God is saying, my thoughts are not like your thoughts. Now stop there just for one second. Think about that, that God's way of thinking is not like the way I think. It's not the way you think. He is on a whole different plan, plane, I should say. He's on a whole nother universe. He's on this entire different way of perspective of seeing things. Continues. And your ways are not like mine, announces the Lord. Verse 9, the heavens are higher than the earth. In other words, he's way up there. And my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Verse 10, the rain and the snow come down from the sky, but they don't return to it without watering the earth. They make plants come up and grow. The plants produce seeds for farmers and they produce food for people 
to eat. Now, just hold on. I want, I want us to dig in here just a little bit. Everyone is familiar, even before you can understand what's going on. And you go to school and you, you learn the, the process of water coming down and evaporation goes back up. And this cycle that goes on, on and on just constantly. We, we, we see, we can experience rain and we can experience it being humid and we can experience that there was water here in a puddle today and tomorrow it's gone. And God says, hey, this is a cycle that I put into place. And it doesn't just go back without doing something. Look at this in the last part of it. It says, they make plants to grow up. It's for watering so here, even in this scripture, we see seed, time, and harvest. Look at this. The water that comes down, it is making plants to come up. So you got ground that has, is there. You don't see anything, and a seed is planted. And then the rains come, and still nothing you see. And the rains come, and still nothing you see. And there, there's more and more rain. And then apparently then it starts to grow. Then the next line, then that plant produces seeds for farmers. But who are the farmers? The people who are going to plant those seeds back again and cause another crop, another cycle to happen. And it says that it also produces food for people to eat. So God says, hey, even just in the natural cycle of how I created everything, there's going to be the watering of the ground that's going to cause these plants to come up and grow. And it's going to give you seeds so you can plant it into the ground so that you have a tomorrow. But it's also for today that you can eat it. And I just love that. Just in the middle of all of that. But how much change is going on in that? How much is that is looking at the ground and saying, I don't see nothing happening. No, there's still something happening. And that happening is there is a plant that's growing up and that plant is going to produce seed for you to sow and for you to eat. Verse 11, God says, continuing on, the words I speak are like that. And if you like to write in your Bible and put highlights, I would encourage you to circle that, underline it. The words I speak are like that. They will not return to me without producing results. They will accomplish what I want them to do. They will do exactly what I sent them to do. But now, uh, this brings up this question of, well, why do I pray and sometimes nothing happens? Or why do I wish something happens and nothing happens? And I want you to, to read between the lines here. And there are conditions all throughout the Bible. And we don't ever like in the church world to talk about the conditions that are in the Bible. But I believe that's healthy. I believe that's what we need to look at. If you do these things, then I will do that. If my people will, 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, we just looked at many times during 21 days of prayer. Guess what? If you don't do those things, then those other things ain't happening. Can I look at this in this verse? The words God says, I speak. So if you're not praying, if you're not asking God, if you're not seeking God for him to have a word for you, is there any water that's going onto that ground? And what would happen to that ground if there isn't any water that ever comes? That seed is just going to set there. First of all, you have to plant the seed. 
But if it never gets water, it's just going to simply be taking up space. But the water is what activates that seed and causes that plant to grow, to produce seed, and produce food. Here in verse 11, God says, hey, my words are the same way. It's like that. But if you're not looking for God to speak into your life, then you should not be looking for God to be producing results. Ouch. Maybe that's a little harsh to hear. But can I tell you, it's conditional. We can't just go around and say, okay, God, I went to church. I watched a YouTube video. I did this. Hey, God, I even gave some money. I expect everything to be working in my life. No, we have to be seeking him. We have to be digging a little bit deeper. We need to be putting a little bit of intentionality in this. So then the words that he speaks, they, the words he speaks, will not return to God without producing results. And they will accomplish what he wants. And they will do exactly what he sent them to do. Another scripture I, I spoke of a couple of weeks ago again is in Psalms 139. In verse 7, it says, Where can I go from your presence? And I've talked about this so many times off camera as well as in the service. Where can I flee from your presence? Verse 8, If I send to heaven or a mountaintop, or I'm on the, everything is working out the greatest, it's better than I could have ever imagined. You, God, you're there, you're with me. The last part of that, but if I make my bed in Sheol, or make my bed in hell, or make my bed in the underlying places, behold, you are there. And it continues on, and your right hand is there to lead me and to guide me. You see, God is always there with us. He's always there trying to help us have the water of his word in our lives that's going to return a great harvest in our life. We're going to go from this world over to this world. But sometimes we don't allow him to talk back to us. We don't allow him to speak into our lives. Sometimes we don't sit there and be quiet and say, God, is there anything you'd like to tell me? Is there any way you would like to lead me? Sometimes our prayer life consists of, God, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want that. Thank you, I'll talk to you later. Well, if you never give God a chance to speak into your life, I'm not talking about you're going to hear the audible voice of God. But you, you pray and then you say, God, I'm going to sit here for a few minutes and just meditate on you. I'm going to read my Bible and allow you to speak to me through your word. I'm going to read the one-year Bible and, and have this place that I can come and see every day what you're saying for today. Even if I make my bed in hell, even if all my decisions lead me to the lowest place in my life, Psalms 139 says, he's still there with you, ready with a hand extended to help you out. Two weeks ago, our message was entitled, Storms Turn Into Three. 
And if you didn't hear it or you didn't watch it, I encourage you to go back, to circle back and listen to it. Because we see that there was one physical storm, much like what we're facing now. But there are so many other storms that came out of it. But the last storm, and, and I don't feel like I really like hit that home as hard as I would like to. I wanted to circle back with that. And it has to do with this. Is that the disciples did not understand who Jesus truly was. They had him in their mind of what he could do. But they, like us, put limitations. So when this storm came on and he spoke to it and everything went whoosh. So the worst storm they'd ever seen in their life, worse than the hurricane that came through this week, worse than all the devastation that is possible, like it's just mounting up to happen, all of a sudden from that for the next moment to just be completely still and calm. And their words were, wow, what kind of man is this that even the nature and the storms and the waves all, all obey him? See, that storm seemed too big. But isn't that just like me and you? Don't we sometimes have the, the, the understanding and the inclination and the, the mindset and the thoughts that this storm is just too big? It's just too much for me. And in the coming weeks, and, and I'm not sure if it would be one or two or three, but we're going to be talking about that scripture where he says that no thing that comes is going to come bigger than what you can handle. And, and I think you're going to really like it because it's going to be perhaps a different take. This is also one of the biggest questions I get, the most common question, is what about that scripture? And why is it that God's going to allow these things to happen to me? So stay tuned for that. But that storm the disciples went through, the storms we go through, sometimes seem too big. We don't say it, but our actions and our mentality is saying, this storm is too big for even you, God. What a thought. God, that this I can't hardly handle it. It's too big for me, and it's got to be too big for you. But there's nothing too big for God. There's nothing too big for him to reach down into your life and help you move from this place to change and move into this place that he has. And we look at it so often, but Jesus said in John 10.10 10, that there's two different worlds that you can live. You can live in the world's way and you're going to have death being destroyed, destruction, being robbed all the time. Nothing's going to ever work out. You're just going to feel like you're going around in circles all the time. Or he says, I've come to give you life, a life way better than what you could ever even imagine. Which world are you going to live in? If you live from this world into this one, it requires, anyone fill in the blank, change. It requires you to do something different. But then what we spoke about in the very beginning, the fear of change, the fear of, I don't know. I, you're talking about all this church stuff, Pastor Kevin, and I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I'm ready to, you say that word in the prayer at the end, to surrender. I don't know if I'm ready to do that. What if it doesn't work? 
What if it doesn't work for me? What if, what if, and we get in this place. But can I tell you, it does work. Trusting God is the greatest decision you'll ever make. Turn with me in your Bible. We're going to break this one scripture down several different ways. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. In the NIRV, it says it like this. And we're going to break it down. The first sentence. Do not live, don't live the way the world lives. In other words, what Jesus said. Hey, there's a way the world lives over here, but then there's this other way over here that I want to lead you to. I want to take you that, that way. I want to take you in this direction that you're, you're progressing. Look at the next part of that. Let your way of thinking be, what's that word? Changed. God's will for your life is change. Don't live the way the world lives, but let the way of your thinking you see, it talked about the way you live as in your practical, how you just make your decisions and all these things. But then the very next thing it says in the next breath, maybe even the same breath, it says, but let your way of thinking be completely changed. And when you change your thinking, look at the next part. Then, again, this is a conditional word. If you don't do that, then the rest of the scripture is absolutely null and void for you. Ouch, again, I'm sorry. But if you don't do what it says, and then there's this conditional word then that it's waiting on you to do this. But look, it says, and then you'll be able to test what God wants for you. You'll have the, the proof, I want to say it that way. Oh, okay, so God's leading me this direction and, and I'm changing the way I'm thinking. Now I have something as a reference point to test off of, say, okay, I feel like going this way. God's word says to go this way and he has this great promise for me. And so I have this decision. Now I have to test it and say, okay, is this is the world's way or is this God's way? But if I don't change the way I'm thinking, I don't allow my thinking to be changed I will never have a reference point to be able to test, to see, hey, God, is this what you have for me? The last part of that, and you will agree that what he wants is right. Can I say it like this? It may be a little shaky right now, and that change may seem like I don't really understand, and it seems a little uncertain for me. But when you're on the other side and you're looking back, you go, oh, God, I see what you are doing in my life. You are right, God. You are right. That, oh, my gosh, it's so much better over here. And the last part of that, because his plan is good, pleasing, perfect. His plan for your life is good, pleasing. You will enjoy life abundantly, better than you could ever ask or think. Now, as we close, go back to Isaiah. The, the verse that's right before the one we started looking at, where he talked about that my ways are higher than your ways. That as I speak this word, it's going to cause this, this, this cycle to happen. Nothing's going to come back to me void. The verse right before that was verse 7 of Isaiah 55. Look what he says. 
Let those who are evil stop doing evil things. We all have evil in our heart. There's in every cartoon, in every major story, there's a good guy and there's the evil guy. There's good and evil. And sometimes if we're not doing the good, then that only leaves that we're doing the... So it's not throwing darts at you. Hey, if you haven't had this change in your mind, you're thinking the evil way of the world's way. Let those who are evil stop doing evil things. In other words, you're going to have a change in your life. Look at the next part of this. It's so powerful. And let them quit thinking evil thoughts. So what makes me do evil things? What makes evil things stop characterizing me as being evil? Quit thinking evil thoughts. See, it all lands in our thoughts. And I love the next part, the middle one. Let them turn to the Lord. Can I tell you that's the answer to every problem in your life? Not a religious thing. Not just a, you just need Jesus. You do. But it's not just a saying. It's to turn to the Lord. Look at what it says. And the Lord will show them his tender love. This is in the Old Testament where God is still throwing some lightning bolts and, and some earth is opening up and swallowing people. Okay, there's some crazy stories in the Bible. If you haven't read the, the, the Bible, just for the crazy stories, it's worth it. We may do a series, Michael and I were talking about it earlier, we may do a series coming up of just crazy stories of, of, of the Bible and it's just mind-blowing stuff that you can't even imagine. And it's been said that Hollywood couldn't write scripts as crazy as these stories. But even here in that Old Testament Isaiah is saying, hey, when you come to God, he's going to show you his tender love. Let them turn to our God. I love this. He's always ready to forgive. Please bow your heads. He's always ready to forgive. In Psalms, we saw that if you end up, all your decisions end up at the lowest part of your life in hell, you would say, man, I'm in hell. He's right there with you, with his hand extended like, won't you let me help you? Isaiah says it like this. We just saw it. Hey, stop thinking the way you're thinking. Turn to God. He's right there, ready to accept you. So change. God may lead many of us in change that is different things that he's wanting to direct us and show us a better way. For many others of us, it may be the simple thing of turning to God and coming to him. Maybe for the first time. Or maybe you once walked with God and you kind of got off the path a little bit. Maybe you got off the path a lot. I want to invite you to say this prayer with me not for religious reasons, not for a checkbox, but for you to start the change that happens in your mind 
that then leads you to things where God's Word is speaking and God's Word is watering your life and, and God's Word's causing growth to happen in your life and then there's seeds for you to sow into others and to sow and then there's the thing that you live off of that you have sustenance inside of you. It all begins with a decision to change. If that's you today, I invite you to say this prayer with me. Say, Father in heaven, Right now, I choose to change. I give up doing it my way. I surrender my life to you. I ask you to forgive me for every time I've missed it. I receive your new life. Thank you for sending Jesus for me. Today, I give you my life. And I choose to place my trust in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if you made that decision today, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want you to take the next step. And that's simply to text the word CONNECT to 469-289-1114. And it's not anything you're going to get spam. It's not anything that anybody's going to show up at your house. It's simply, we're going to text you the ways, it's our text communication system, we can text you the ways that you can take your next step if you'd like to do that. Again, text the word CONNECT to 469-289-1114. Let's close in prayer. Father, I just speak a blessing over everyone who's prayed that prayer this morning who's taken that journey with us and that one that's just stepping out and saying, I'm a little bit nervous about this. I'm really unsure about it, but I'm going to make that decision and I'm going to trust in you, God, for the first time or I'm coming back. Maybe their, their experience with you wasn't the greatest. Maybe they've had some bad things happen in church and they're stepping back and trusting in you. Lord, I thank you that your word says in so many places that this is the greatest celebration that happens in heaven. And you're right there with your hand extended, ready just to pull them out and show them. Father, I speak your blessings on them. Lord, I speak your blessings on everyone who's taken this journey with us, who's walking this path and and learning step by step of the different ways, the heart that is your heart. Father, I speak a blessing on everyone's generosity and their giving of this week. And Lord, how they've given to the, the work that is Belong Church and how we're reaching out to people. Father, I just thank you for what every step that you're doing. We give all this to you in Jesus' name. Right after this, you'll see ways that you can connect and give. See you next week.